Hello, welcome to the Film Geek Collective. This is going to be a quickie, but I'm going to I'm going to start on Christmas movies. Christmas movies up the wazoo. That is Christmas movies for young, Christmas movies for old, and Christmas movies just for the adults. All right, now without further ado, let's get started into the show. Ho 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 ho! Uh, Santa, is that you? Oh, your son. I uh, I think that it's gonna be my favorite month of the year. Ho ho! Santa, don't make it too commercial, you know. You know, Coca Coca Cola already made your suit red, huh? Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. I wear the green suit underneath. Ho ho! And I believe I was invited to this podcast. Um, well, sit down, give it a listen in the studio. You know, it's not very big studio, <laughs> if a studio at all. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say about It's a Wonderful Life. I'm going to give each film a brief overview. I'm going to be like a rental guy recommending films. So yeah, It's a Wonderful Life. Everyone's seen this. Most people have seen this, except for maybe the younger generations. I was about 15, 16 when I first saw it. I saw it again in the cinema just today, in fact. Uh, I reckon it's life-affirming because its protagonist is imperfect. George Bailey sometimes loses his temper, feels down about himself. But the film keeps the Christmas spirit intact. And it's truly magical with the chemistry between James Stewart and Donna Reed being just one of the highlights. (laughs) You will want to ring a bell. You'll want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. And you will feel uplifted after this film. Honestly, it was my third time watching it. I saw it about twice last Christmas, in fact. So I was 16 when I first saw it. So, yeah, I should say to you guys, definitely watch it. Definitely seek it out if you haven't seen it. If you have Disney+, Plus, you can also watch Miracle on 34th Street, which I haven't seen yet myself. But, yeah, It's a Wonderful Life is my absolute favorite Christmas movie. Now... It's the ultimate Christmas movie because it celebrates sharing something with those you're close to. And it starts the Christmas season perfectly with its optimistic spirit. You can't have the good without the bad, though, and that's where this film excels. It has just enough of both. And it's charming, it's innocent, it's perfect for all ages. Again, it's it's life-affirming. It, it celebrates... Yeah, I love the way it's just stood up for 73 years as of recording and will continue to be passed through the generations. As for the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen, (laughs) it's either going to be Santa Paws or Santa Claus, not the Tim Allen one. I actually rather like the Tim Allen films, but I'll get to those after. Uh, this is one from the asylum where Santa's allergic to cats. The CGI is terrible. There's bad acting galore. The cats barely speak at all. There are inconsistencies. But honestly, I don't think you can do worse than this movie in terms of Christmas movies. It's not like Manos or anything, but it's certainly not good entertaining. Sorry, no, it's not so bad. It's good like Plan 9 from Outer Space would be, you know? But, yeah. It is just absolutely dreadful and when i saw it selling for $15.98 or $12.98 here in australia uh i was like what that movie's barely worth the bargain bin <laughs> and yeah so now to mention tim allen's santa claus trilogy he 
definitely puts his all into the role in all three of them. Now, the sequels are not as good as the first one, but the first one, I think, has more of his wisecracks. What makes Tim Allen's comedy Tim Allen's comedy? I mean, yeah. He seems to have a lot going for him. He has a judge... He he has to share a movie with Judge Reinald for a bit. Reinald? Reinald? I'm not sure how to quite pronounce that. But still, it's Tim Allen's movie all the way. Kills a Santa by accident. I mean, kills the Santa by accident. Takes his suit, puts it on, becomes Santa. I mean, it's just a little bit of Disney magic, really. Again, if you have Disney+, Plus, which it's coming soon in the UK, and I'm sorry if I'm making you guys jealous, <laughs> but trust me, get it, you won't regret it. <laughs> yeah, um, also, yeah, I think, did I mention Disney+, Plus in one of the other podcasts? I'm not sure. I'll have to look back, maybe. Um, yeah, so... My favourite's the first one, but the second one's not too bad. The third one's not too bad if you have to, to sit drawn for the sake of kids, you know? Because kids will love watching those mo- those movies on Christmas, you know? There was actually one scene deleted from the Santa Claus one because children actually called the number that was sarcastically offered. Because this is a clean episode, I would encourage adults to search that up. So moving on, now to go more British. Love Actually is um, actually pretty good. What other film has Rowan Atkinson in such a small but perfect role? My favourite was always Alan Rickman, you know, and Emma Thompson, but a close second, I honestly can't decide between these two, has to be Bill Nye and his manager. Every story in this film is witty, fun, and highly rewatchable. You've got you've got Liam Neeson, Kira Knightley. You've got the guy from The Walking Dead, which yeah, I'm more. If you don't know, I'm more of a movie person than a TV person, so I haven't really seen any Walking Dead yet. Yeah, I call it the Film Geek Collective, but I'm sure you know some of the other members. Some of you guys may watch more TV than movies, and that's okay too. Your own taste. Yeah, but. Honestly, what I say about this is Love Actually, it kind of uses the rom-com cliches, but then it's something else. Those who don't even normally like cheesy rom-coms might even like it. Heck, I did. <laughs> but yeah, you've got to be a little bit careful around younger ones with that one. It's it's not Bad Santa, but it's also not uh, Elf or the Santa Claus or anything like that, you know? It's not It's a Wonderful Life. So yeah, if you want to go more slapstick, I'd say Home Alone's your go-to. Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, finding out the importance of family. But it's a value that's not preached way too much. It's definitely not too touched by an angel levels. And I hate touched by an angel with a burning passion. Don't even get me started on touched by an angel. The family are mostly jerks to him, however... But this one has a sharp script by none other than John Hughes himself. And I really like John Hughes. I don't care much for Sixteen Candles, personally, but I love Ferris Bueller and Breakfast Club. And the slapstick set pieces in Home Alone still calls me to laugh. Sorry, they cause me to laugh in this and the second movie, both Christmas-themed. Three was okay, but not really Christmas-themed. And four, I honestly can't remember that much, apart from it had a new house with gadgets... But they cast a red-head kid for Kevin. <laughs> Never saw five, though, so I don't know about that one. 
And what about Elf? That's an underrated one with Anchorman's Will Ferrell. Christmas movies with comedians tend to be pretty good. If you don't know, Will plays an elf from the North Pole who has misadventures in New York, New York City. Okay, so it's not the greatest movie ever, but you certainly won't be bored. And there's early Zoe Deschanel, who later spotted in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, 500 Days of Summer, and uh, New Girl, in fact. Probably most popularly for New Girl of 500 Days, honestly, but The Hitchhiker's Guide is actually not too bad. You know, the 2005 one with Martin Freeman, Sam Rockwell, Zoe Deschanel, uh, released through Touchstone Pictures, the mature division of Disney that they used until they bought Fox. Well, I think they retired it slightly before the Fox purchase, actually. But, yeah, R.I.P. Touchstone for the moment. But then Orion came back, maybe Touchstone can come back. So anyway... I know, also, that there are some horror fans out there who want something even remotely spooky. Something that fits the bill here, in a way, I would say, would be The Nightmare Before Christmas, which can be watched at Halloween or Christmas. Ho <laughs> ho! For those who saw it, I wasn't harmed in the making of the movie! Ho ho ho! Yes, Santa, sit down, sit down! Take it easy, have a cup of tea or coffee. You know, maybe have some cookies, just don't eat too many. I'll do that, sir. <laughs> so so anyway, it's it's not scary, but it's fun. And as horror movies in this movie both know, life's no fun without a good scare. I mean, you have a skeleton guy who can take off his head and still live because this is not a spoiler, by the way. He's already dead. You know, he he says that toward the start of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. Jack Skellington, in fact. And the stop motion in this film is immaculate. It is beautiful. I reckon stop motion is a lost art. Just look at Aardman, for example, with Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit. And Aardman actually have a Christmas film of their own, Arthur Christmas, in fact. Nah, that wasn't so bad. I mean, elves trying to sneak gifts into houses? A little creepy if you realise the elves are sneaking in and giving gifts, but hey, you don't want it to be the Grinch, right? Yeah, still, that's another one I can recommend. Jim Carrey and the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which, unlike The Cat in the Hat, is not a bad movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, poor Jim had to wear yellow eye contacts that were so painful on him that he had to uh, go through military training to withstand them. I'd... That was actually a bit of an interesting but morbid fact to me. Also, the other thing is I happen to have a recorded from TV copy of Elf paired with uh, Bad Santa, of all things. But I leave Bad Santa for the older ones. Interestingly, it had an announcement for a brand new show at the time. This was around 2007, by the way, but get this, The Big Bang Theory. Good show, but had a few Christmas episodes itself. And um, Bad Santa is the perfect antidote if the Christmas movies you've been watching are too sugary sweet or kiddy. I just, I just love Billy Bob Thornton playing a drunken Santa uh, uh, worker guy who dresses up as Santa. Yeah, but the Coen brothers actually did an uncredited rewrite on this film. The same Coens who directed Fargo, No Country for Old Men, The Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? All good movies, by the way. Yeah, but there was a tiny bit of studio interference. Terry Zwigoff, the director, originally intended something a little bit darker, 
which can be found on a slightly shorter director's cut, but I'm not sure it can be found easily in Australia. You may have to look on eBay. But also, if someone wants something on the lighter side of things, like a Christmas story jingle all the way, I mean, you have a kid who wants a BB gun in a tale that's like a kid-friendly antidote, or in a Arnold picture, which was critically panned, but is fun anyway if you turn your brain off for a bit, which is Jingle All The Way. The one with the BB gun, of course, was a Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I mean, a Christmas story is one of the only family films where they didn't say fudge. <laughs> Oh, yes. And before I finish, I want to state this. Controversial opinion alert. Controversial opinion alert. Die Hard is a Christmas movie and so is Lethal Weapon. In Die Hard, a man who just wants to get home to his family, it's set at Christmas, there's Christmas music, and it's the season for action movie fans to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. What more do you need? So, I hope that if you haven't seen any of these for a while or are watching them for the first time, I I hope I worked like the clerks in video rental stores used to. You know, a personalised recommendation guide in the vessel of a human being rather than just a soulless, bland Netflix menu with generic covers. I see how the Netflix menu is like browsing through video store shelves, but it's just not the same, you know? For me... I may have mentioned this already, but I'm going to say it again anyway. I vastly prefer physical to digital, you know. Physical you can hold in your hand. Sure, it will wear out after maybe uh, umpteenth plays, you know what I mean. But physical is something you truly own. There's no digital rights management stuff getting in the way. So, yeah, it's just not the same, the Netflix menu also. Yep. And I would like to shout out a bunch of people on this cast. Um, my f- my listeners, I would like to shout out to Tessie Cat, Ashy Slashy, Saved by His Grace 72, Film Momatic, and finally, Mary Amber. All right? And remember, everyone's always welcome, and don't you forget it. Welcome to the Film Geek Collective. Oh, and also Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Ribu Shaku. Santa, any words you'd like to say? Ho, 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 ho. Well, thanks for letting me do the shout-outs before. You were on my nice list, and so is everyone who has been shouted out. Ho, 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 ho. Also, I sound more British in real life than I do American. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, bye-bye, everybody. Okay, Rudolph, you can come out of the parking lot now.